Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Morning, this podcast may contain... Fuck. One second. What went wrong? One in this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find historical. Yes. I'm um, bad. Uh, offensive as well. Did you uh, knock the lid off your wine that was on the table and that's why you restarted? It's not about what happened. It's all in the past now. <laughs> yeah. yeah? <laughs> Good reference to history. Okay. <laughs> bad opening. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast. With your hosts, T, Cleves, and Selena. Every week, bringing some much-needed balance and humour to brighten up what can sometimes be a dark, disabled world. Welcome, one and all, back to Seesaw Podcast. Much like the recent weather, slowly melting if we get wet. This week, we are celebrating Disability History Month, which bafflingly, that's a hard word to say, it's something like the 16th of November to 16th of December. It's not even a month. Someone's done their research. It's weird. It is over a month. It is over a month, but it's not an actual month like November or December. Or, or it's this. its own month. It's Disability History Month. And much like disability, it's confusing and has more questions than you would want. So this week, to celebrate Disability History Month, we are going to spotlight disability history in that typical seesaw fashion, in the regard that I have a famous person, Cleese has a famous person, and Selena has not written a note, but I'm sure <laughs> that, that she has something to say about disability history. Is this going to be like the other, like the icon thing, Selena, where you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got notes. Alexa, no, read the, Wikipedia. No, no, this is the thing, right? I This is why I've not got notes, because my reading skills, as we've discovered from listening to, to voiceover, isn't, very good. So I thought I'd just research and do it on memory. Right. Well, you said that yours wasn't a person, so I'm sort of intrigued by what that means. Yeah, let's do you too fast. Oh, my God. Is it like a cartoon character or something? <laughs> like a blinded Rupert the Bear? <laughs> Please, I think we'll go with you to begin with. Oh, mate. You better believe I've done some goddamn research on this. And I start off something for our American listeners. For my disability history person month thing, I did 32nd American President FDR Franklin D. Roosevelt. What's the D stand for? Look. I actually <laughs> don't. I, I don't know. I have no idea. 
I simply <laughs> mentioned the Wikipedia page, and that would have been on the top fucking line. Donathan. Donathan. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know. I didn't look that part up. He's called FDR for short. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> I can tell you that he was born on the 30th of January. 18. Wait, 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 wait. What's his disability? Well, I was going to get to that, but seeing as you so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> Giving much me a person like, I didn't know I had a disability, so confused. Well, much like this disability interrupted FDR's life, he got polio and it left him paralyzed from the waist down. Anywho, he was born on 30th January 1882 <laughs> and he lived until 1945, 63 years. So he saw the end of two world wars. He, well, well, when, well it depends on the yeah, month he yeah, died in 45. <laughs> It wasn't the last month. Trust me. You'll find that out later on. Okay. Anywho, what makes this guy great? Firstly, let me tell you a little bit about old FDR. He came into his presidency. Uh, I think it was, again, I wish I'd written this down. I'm pretty sure it was like 1934, something like that. Anyway, but he got polio at 1921. So he already had polio for a good number of years. He was already basically using a wheelchair and leg braces before he even became president. Let me tell I'll tell you a little bit about his polio first. Basically, he was, from what I understand, out on a yacht, just, you know, having a little laugh, having a little dance about weather. And then he <laughs> fell overboard into icy water, ironically making his body quite numb. Anyway, like the next day he was finding he was like losing strength and some of his muscles. And by sort of day three, it was like, yeah. You got polio, bro. So they tried a few things to get his muscles working again, but eventually he just did a shitload of swimming. And a lot of his muscle strength came back in his arms and that kind of stuff, but never his legs. Anyway, whilst he was recovering from polio, he was, was out of political life for a while. He kind of just withdrew. But then he came back in a big way. So, maybe a little bit of background about Merkur. This is going to be a very historically-led bit from me surprisingly partially researched when he came to power america was suffering the great depression so effectively that was down to like stock market crashes and bank failings and it basically led to a shitload of people being out of work and the ones that were in work basically having their salaries axed by like 40 percent well a lot of people migrated or moved cities to try and find work so you find like families splitting up and the rest of them just kind of stayed at home saved the money and played scrabble and monopoly which Scrabble-y. were also invented in the 30s oh yeah so there's a little extra factoid for you all i'm hearing is that they had the money to buy monopoly which is quite expensive even now and not buy bread well can't keep... eat can't eat the houses got it something didn't you anyway so FDR gets in in like whatever date you've Googled at this point. I think it was 34, <laughs> but that, that crucial date I've missed. Uh, he's made some big promises. You know, America's absolutely in the shitter at this point. So he's come in and within 100 days, he gets some of the finest minds in America called the Brain Trust. Sounds uh, like a kid's TV show. What they, they came up with this thing called the New Deal. What this New Deal did is it kind of brought the government and the people closer together. So he created a lot of agencies to do with like farming and there was one that gave like jobs to youths. 
there was one that gave people jobs in like construction and arts. And also what he made was social security benefit or the social security system. So, you know, people with jobs and stuff had a bit of financial security when they're off. Or mm-hmm. Disabled people got it back then. Anyway, FDR, yeah. he was doing all this stuff to try to make America better and pull them out of the depression. But <laughs> effectively, whilst it did a little bit, it didn't do a great deal. But then, luckily for the American economy at least, the Second World War hit. All right. Great. Which meant all those young people that didn't have jobs drafted into the military. All that that industry that wasn't there, all of a sudden, was making things like missiles and bombs and shells and all that kind of stuff. And there was huge, all of a sudden, defense contracts and things like that. So, not all bad? Yes. So then he had to obviously help them through the war. He created something called the Manhattan Project. FDR effectively signed off or greenlit the project for making the atomic bomb. Atomic bomb. I was just going to say, I've watched Oppenheimer. Yeah. Paid attention. Part of the three hours of my life, I'm never getting back. Oh. Thought it rang a bell. He never got to drop it. Oh, Truman got to drop the bomb. Because he actually died in 1945, as it was originally mentioned earlier on in my little bit. He was having a self-portrait done, and then he died from cerebral hemorrhaging. What's having his pain done? He basically collapsed. Oh dear. So a few other little things that FDR did. The reason he started uh, making the atomic bomb, or at least greenlit that, was apparently... Or one of the things was Albert Einstein wrote to him and said that the Germans were making one. Or weapons yeah. of mass Just watch Oppenheimer. It's all in there. Well, I've not seen it, so I feel like I've probably Albert Einstein's in there. done that before <laughs> doing this research. Although it would have been longer. This research didn't take me three hours, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it take you three minutes at this point. Crucial dates and names may have been missed. Quite <laughs> <a bit. laughs> yeah. Uh, In 1938, Roosevelt founded the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, leading to the development of the polio vaccine. That's that's good. That is very good. And because he managed to get the American people through the Great Depression and through the war, he's largely considered to be one of the better presidents, you know, up there with the likes of Lincoln. With regards to his disability... From what I understand, he hid it from the people as much as possible. Do we agree with that? It was very different back then. If you're a leader of a country, you probably have to be shown not to, at least back then, what was considered to be weakness of any kind. I would say, yeah, generally during a war effort, you can't show weakness in any form, and that comes with your politicians. I can't imagine it was necessarily not known by people. But it doesn't mean that you have to have him with leg braces, like fumbling up some stairs and stuff like that. But it's quite difficult. You can just have him sat behind a desk already before doing a speech. You know what I mean, it... apparently he was never pictured in well in pictures, <laughs> like in a wheelchair or having the braces or things like that. I imagine if he was, I think especially when you're talking about propaganda, like propaganda and stuff like that in the war effort as well. Like you have to be very careful with what you do. I mean, if Hitler ever got hold of him, he'd have straight to those camps. <laughs> yeah, we we won't go into we won't go into that. But no, very interesting. Okay. And I, I learned something. It's a blessing and a curse to a degree. Like 
atomic bomb, probably one of the most devastating things ever created, but even though he greenlit it, he never saw it kill hundreds of thousands of people. When speaking about it, he said, it's an atomic bomb. It's a harnessing of the basic power of the universe. I mean, it's not wrong. Direct quote. Good work, Okay. Chris. Not the direction I thought you were going to take, but I like it. No. Yeah. Well, he also <laughs> began the groundwork for the United Nations as well, with some Ooh. of the other leaders of Europe. Good guy. Well, well done, Cleves. Now, I went the easy route. I went for a blinky. I went for one. Ray Charles Robinson oh, Sr. Really? An icon of music, culture, and visual impairment. Come on, silly. Don't, don't sigh. Don't sigh. I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought, fine, go on. What are you going to tell me about Ray? Okay, well, hopefully. <laughs> You, you watched the film, and now you're going to just reiterate like what I you saw. You watched Oppenheimer and just told me about my shit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that that was going to come up. Yeah, you didn't know this was going to come up either. But you've right. seen Ray. I haven't seen the film. And there you go, Rachel um, born Jamie Fox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so born in Albany, Georgia, uh, September twenty third, nineteen thirty. Um, he died in June uh, on the 10th, 2004. So he was 74. So he was 74 years old when he died. And I didn't just knock a glass over. You throw me off here. Now I've typed to number two there. Oh, speaking of Georgia as well, FDR took over the Georgia Springs Clinic and made it into a rehab uh, facility when it was about to close down. Carry on. <laughs> Did a lot of research. Great. So, of course, everyone knows uh, American singer, songwriter, pianist ray lost his sight at the age of seven it's not entirely known what caused it apparently it's juvenile glaucoma but there's never been any evidence of this it said here masturbating too much well potentially at seven at the age of seven he started to lose his sight from the age of four but he lost his sight completely at the age of seven I think Celia was questioned a bit more what I yes. said than you, but that did make sense when you reiterated it back, both of you. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, go on. So, of course, the, the reason for him losing his sight isn't well known. Uh, Ray was very much in the mindset that his disability was not a disability to the point that he didn't really go in for medical studies or anything like that, go to doctors. He saw it as, this has happened, I'm going to deal with it. He was very much a man of God. He thought it was God's will. So even to this day, it's unknown what actually caused his blindness. So, of course, those of you who have heard of Ray will know such hit songs as Hit the Road Jack, Mess Around, and I Can't Stop Loving You with an apostrophe, because that's the way to do it. So Ray, he has been a trailblazer for music at the time, um, not just because of his blindness or, or being black, but going against all of that at a time where other individuals, white individuals such as Elvis, were appropriating other black musicians. And it has been the, the hypothesis, the theory is that because of his blindness, Ray was able to cut through and actually get quite a lot of notoriety through a unique stance and the way he would perform. Uh, whereas a lot of other black artists were sort of taken advantage of by other record companies 
Um, and I will shit on Elvis a little bit. Elvis, a lot of the songs he did were from black soul artists um, around the South, and I'm not a fan of his. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's me shitting on Elvis very slightly. Are you basically saying then that people almost felt sorry for him for his blindness, and that meant they exploited him less for being black yes. because of his disability? Yes, that is a theory. Right. That his blindness actually allowed him to seek higher points as a black musician because of generally people the idea is that people felt sorry for him being disabled. More so in, than they were racist as fuck. Yeah, within the forties and fifties, as opposed to the race side of things. Um, this is why I mean he's a fantastic musician. Can't can't knock that for him at all, but there were a lot of other fantastic musicians around who did have a lot of their material stolen from white artists at the time, unfortunately. Uh, of course, Ray, really known for being not just a great songwriter and singer, but a keyboard player, and he used to put Braille stickers on his keyboards. Why? It's so that he could find the place on the keyboards to start the chords. Usually once he got going, he was fine. Oh, uh, right. So it's a little bit like the little keys. Yeah, like computer. bump dots sorts of things. As I said, he really didn't want his disability to hinder him in any way to the point that he kind of did hide it to the extent he could. He was famous for not using mobility aid. He would carry a long cane with him, but usually he would prefer to be guided and wouldn't use his long cane. But he didn't want to be seen as that blind musician. However, the iconic sunglasses that you associate with Ray Charles and later Stevie Wonder this was a complete accident because of glaucoma um, or whatever condition, genetic condition, had an effect on his vision. Also gave him um, some disturbances that made his eyes look a little bit weird. And when he was touring with the first band, when they were printing out posters for their gigs, they saw his eyes and thought that that would be off-putting to people who wouldn't necessarily know the situation that he had. So they were actually using a pen to draw sunglasses on the posters because they'd already printed them. So from that point onwards, Ray started wearing sunglasses all the time so that whatever photos were taken, they wouldn't have to worry about editing from that point. So Again, son... should you hide your disability? People... It was a different time. He oh. was already black in, like, what was it, the 40s? 40s and 50s. And sixties, so, right, so he's, he's already got times. a lot of shit to fucking deal with. As it is, <laughs> yeah. the disability on top of that, yeah. And like I said, he didn't really want his disability to become a big part of his identity. Like he really did just want to be appreciated as a musician. He didn't always have a really great life. Unfortunately, he had a lot of battles with drugs. Um, he was a heroin abuser, cocaine, a lot of really heavy drugs at the time. Um, he fathered six children with a few different women. His drug addiction cost him the, his first marriage. But then his career was revitalized in 1980, where he starred in the film The Blues Brothers, where he suddenly found new popularity and resurgence in the film, which was mainly based around sort of like soul music, um, had a lot of black artists in there, was trying to re rejuvenate. Um, after Disco essentially died. Thank God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a resurgence there of, of the soul movement to try and re reinvigorate that within the southern states, and he started to see much more success and really get going again. So 
Ray is an absolute icon um, of music, um, not just for the disabled community. He went on to be a heavy inspiration for Stevie Wonder, um, as well as other musicians. Um, if you ask a lot of fine people, a piano is usually the go-to instrument, dare we say. I know a lot of blind pianists. Please feel free to cut letters out there if you want to make a joke out of that. I had it in my head the first time you said it, and I decided to take the high road. Ray won a lot of awards, and he sadly passed in 2004. And if you would like to know more about Ray Charles Robinson Sr., you can watch the film Ray, which is (laughs) by Jamie Foxx. Um, and is a really good uh, depiction of his life. And Jamie Foxx does a very good job. And that's who I chose because, yeah. Because you did. Maybe. So you both won American. Oh, that was good. I'm actually quite impressed by how much you got there. And I know roughly how much time you put into preparing it. So well done. <laughs> oh, I put minimal time into it. <laughs> I didn't watch Ray again. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm right, though. Good film. It's a very good film. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Who haven't you got? I haven't got a person, as mentioned. I've got I've got a subject. The history of guide dogs. Because originally I was gonna look up well, I did look up who was the first ever kind of guide dog owner. And then there wasn't that much information and it didn't seem that interesting. So I just went broad. So okay. where do guide dogs come from? Other dogs um, died dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy died dog and a mummy guide dog love each other very much. And it's specifically put together for breeding purposes. <laughs> so oh, apparently there's been uh since the first century, there's been pictures, paintings, portraits of blind man and dog. Um so there's like since the first century, I don't know, it was like some Greek Roman one, some Chinese one, some blah 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 blah. So there's always blind people have always been around for a long time, by the sounds of it. But it kind of became big. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you, I know you like like you take us back to the Neolithic age of that blindness has always been a thing. <laughs> because I'm can sorry, but that's no it's it's head head in the fifties. Before that, no one had it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go back to the caveman blindness. <laughs> also, that a... okay, go on. I'm gonna stop interrupting. <laughs> just, just sharing my facts. Um, <laughs> blindness is it? <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna like over the years that other people tried to to do guide dogs. Basically, like some something happened in the 1700s. I think the French gave it a go. Didn't work out very well. And then it was World War One that made blind people popular or popularized or, or more common. So a lot of people came back from the war and they'd been poisoned and shell shock and basically lost their vision. There's a lot of blind guys going around. It was actually a, a German doctor was guiding a blind man one day. And for some reason, he, he had to rush off to an emergency. So he had to leave his German Shepherd dog with the blind man. And on his return, he was surprised to find that this dog was looking after the man. And he had a little bit of a light bulb moment. Meals and... 
Yeah. Wiping his ass, everything. Reading on the paper. <laughs> he thought, oh, there's something here. I think, I think a dog could help blind people. Um, so some American called Dorothy, apparently very rich, wrote an article about this. Um, Do you have a last name other than Dorothy? Oh, I'm just going first names because I, I was just saying, <laughs> this is on oh, memory. I assume that was the last name. Dorothy Guy Dorothy. No. <laughs> Dorothy Human wrote about this. And then someone else wrote in to the, she was a, a dog person as well. She, she sold her stories to the, the, some American newspaper. Uh, and someone wrote in, so how do I get one of these dogs? And this is, she thought, oh, yes, I'm going to help people get guide dogs as well. So the first guide dog in America was called Buddy. And then the Brits got a, got hold of uh, this guide dog news going around that they were making guide dogs for blind people. In about 1931, Muriel and Rosemond German shepherds, and they were like, "Come and come and train one of our dogs. We we want guide dogs in Britain as well." So the guy people went over to Britain and trained four guide dogs that were called Judy, Flash, Meta, and Folly. Were the first four guide dogs in Britain. They obviously went down quite well. And in 1934, guide dogs. Association for the Blind was launched in Britain and in 1940 Leamington Spa opened as the home of guide dogs and still exists today. Right, right, right. Just before we go any further on this, uh-huh. you're telling me you've remembered all of this. Yeah. That is quite impressive. Celine's not oh. actually blind. Yeah. She's got rightly there were flashcards. Much better at re dictating something that's in your ear no but maybe i should do icons like this in future (laughs) i like it the other way okay 1940 then was when guide dogs was originally done well 1934 in, in britain approximately although that confused me because I swear this year guide dogs were doing their 90th birthday and technically that shouldn't be till next year. So, more I've read. Oh, they've got to milk it, haven't they? Oh, yeah. And so they used to use German Shepherds, but now they don't really use German Shepherds because they're too, like, clever and only suitable for minimum amount of people. So quite early on, they started using Labradors and Golden Retrievers instead. Because they're more stupid. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are Shepherds too clever? They need like a lot of work, a lot of stimulation, and obviously there's a lot of lazy blind people. Oh, so right, Labradors yeah. are bare. So I think it's interesting that some of the names you mentioned, like Buddy being the first dog, and now they have Buddy dogs. Yeah, Buddy was the first American dog. Maybe, yeah, maybe coincidence maybe. not. That's um, why they named the failure dogs after them. But also Flash as well, the first four in the UK. Mm-hmm. And there's been a huge campaign about Flash, a new guide dog, over the last 12 months. Yeah, I think it was the birthday celebration thing of the first guide dog, the 90th celebration. I'm sure it was related to that. I'm pretty sure it's just because he was king of the impossible. And Brian Blessed is still trying to find that dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Any other notable quotables about guide dogs, Selena? Um, so or did you just about... stop at 1940? <laughs> it, the timeline stopped at 1940. But there have been about 36,000 partnerships or 36,000 people in the UK that have benefited, benefited from a guide dog. And approximately 5,000, there are 5,000 people right now who have a guide dog. But I think that number's a bit less since COVID from what I recall from other readings of guide dogs weirdly i thought it would have been more step up your game guide dogs the robo dogs well people coming. have more than yeah. one dog though don't they like so it's like 36 36,000 individuals but you know some people have three four five six seven guide dogs i'd be curious to know what the record is like how many years of partnership not not how many dogs can we know i was gonna say because yeah yeah, things happen, unfortunately. But how many years of partnership? I'm one, I'm curious what that record would be. It's like a 98 year old still got a dog, and they had their first dog when they were, I don't know, 20. Yeah, no, no. That'd be interesting to know. Anything else for guide dogs, Lena? Uh, I think the first like guide dog owner in Britain was called Alan. Love it, <laughs> guide dog Alan. What was the guide first owner, British, Alan? What was the first British guide dog called? Well, there was four. Oh, Flash, Judy, Meta, oh, yeah. Flash, Meta, and Folly. Which one did he get? I think he got Flash. That would make sense. I think that's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm disappointed that the man's name wasn't Gordon. <laughs> that would have seemed to arrange. <laughs> <laughs> there were some nice quotes from Alan about how the guide dogs changed his life. So copy and paste from the last ninety years. Is Alan still alive? I don't know. I doubt it. Doubt it. It was 90. Well, yeah. No, he's not going to be, is he? It's a gamble. <laughs> he could hold the record. 80. We'd be close to 100 now, wouldn't he? Let's face it, blind people don't live long. I thought what you meant to say was fulfilling lives. <laughs> and we're back. Jesus Celebrating Disability History Month. I cut that bit. Putting down other people. I love it. I speak for myself only. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think we could definitely do this topic every year now. Cause... Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I can get on other people. I mean, FDR was a gold mine of information. <laughs> <laughs> they made this miniature product very easy. I mean, let's face it. We've covered two disabled figures in history, and there's more than two. Yeah, there's a list of eight. Yeah. You actually googled disabled history. Oh my god! I googled disabled historical figures, and all the big <laughs> names were on there. But I didn't realize FDR was disabled. So you went for him. Yeah, and he. he I just when <laughs> I saw what dates he was president for, I was like, "Well, that's wartime president." And then it turns out this thing called the Great Depression was happening as well. Didn't realize. That for, <laughs> didn't know my American history. Well, there you have it. We will be milking this from years to come, apparently. But we hope you have enjoyed learning a few cursory points about FDR, Ray Charles, and guide dogs. When you say it like that, it's a very sporadic episode. <laughs> it's, it's one of the weirder episodes. I can't wait to see what the title is. So, happy Disability History Month to everyone. Don't forget about all those great people who have advocated over the years. They didn't have Twitter, X, or whatever you want to call it, and they got more done without bitching about bullshit. So maybe try and be like them, be proactive, be positive, 
and make the change that you want to see in the world. But until next week, stay disabled. See you on Twitter. Thanks. Go and give it to you. I can't believe I said stay disabled. Thank you for listening to Seesaw Podcast. Your feedback and comments mean a lot to us. So if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in the following ways. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. And you can also join us at SeesawPodcast.com. Remember to like, rate, review, and share with a friend. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.